everybody. Welcome back to the Bad Podcast. We are doing the Raven Guard review today. And for those who are tuning in for the first time, my name is Bill. Armin. Andy here. I'm Dan. I'm Darren. So today is going to be all about Raven Guard. A legion that uh, definitely goes through its uh, paces in the heresy, we'll say. Pretty much. They have a rough time in the heresy. Yeah, they did. Yes, they they're did. Spacing. Well, they're spacing. Yeah, they're good. They're good. Well, they go down to how many marines from like 100,000? I think it was 1,000. Yeah. Or... So, sorry, yeah, how many? Absolutely. They go down to about 10,000. They get absolutely decimated. Right. Wow. And half of those 10,000 are like Alpha Legionnaires, so... <laughs> <laughs> Spoilers. So, um, Darren, I guess for one of the first questions like that we like to kick things off is, what's your favorite fluff about the Legion? Um... I think what kind of got me into it is just like the, like I do like that they have kind of that space ninja role, right? That they're, they're very stealthy. They take out all the leaders. I do like that their story is kind of based on like the Count of Monte Cristo, right? Like Korax crash landed on the planet, was hidden in the prison. You know, kind of learned from like one of the smartest prisoners and was hidden throughout the prison and had kind of a cool upbringing and, you know, basically trained child soldiers and took over a planet. That's what I like. No, definitely the uh, some of the books that I've I've read um, were pretty good, right? Just had a lot of flavor, and uh, definitely as I was reading through them, it uh, it piqued my interest a lot with uh, the Raven Guard. I mean, I like that they're masters of stealth. I like how they you know they can sneak up on other Marines, even on Primarchs, right? Like. I mean, they're just masters of stealth, right? They're right behind you. You're already dead before you know it. Yeah. Cool, right? Oh, for sure. The only thing that I don't like about the books is when they talk about the specific Marines, it seems like one Marine can almost turn invisible in, like, daylight, right? And that's yeah. something that I was like, well, if you have, like, 10,000 Marines, why do you need more? You could just wipe out anybody you want that way, right? So I, I, I understand that in the stories, like those are supposed to be exceptional Marines. I yeah. just felt like they didn't quite do the best job in that, in the books. That said though, I think uh, I, I do really like their their fluff as well, right? I, I love the fact that you're, you're absolutely right. Like there was that story with the ships that were uh, coming down um, from, a, from a different plane toward a system. And uh, they had like purely were running on, on you know, hiding, and I, I think they were approaching, I'm trying to remember what they were approaching, but, like, they just couldn't be seen at all, because that's what they chose, right? Because that's their technology, that's what they... Oh, were, oh yeah, the inverse Yeah. They turn their Gallifreyards backwards, and it, what it does is turn their ship invisible, and they were fleeing the word bearers that were, were coming into the system on Istavan. Hmm. Okay. So, yeah. Yeah, so they go in with, like, no force fields, no shields, 
but they have invisibility. Yeah, yeah. So that was that was really cool. I really enjoyed the, that that story itself too, because they were there for the rescue, right? Yeah. What yeah, is it? Come to get Korax, Korax off the planet. What was it? Uh, what was it called in the fluff? Like shadow walking or spirit walking or where they could just like uh, disappear? Yeah, I think it's shadow walking. Yeah, something like little... that. Is it them actually disappearing or just being able to know how to camouflage themselves so that no one can see them? Um, well, they have everything right. Like so, their armor, like all their armor power systems, are like turned way down so that they're quieter. They run stealthier. They don't get picked. And then. They can almost use, it's almost like a psychic ability, right? Where you can't see them, but like automatic scanners can still pick them up, that sort of thing. So even like it talks about Korax's ability in the books where, yeah, if he runs into say like a door sensor, it'll realize he's there, but like the people can't see him or they can't see him on videotape even. Like he sort see, of just kind of like it's your mind. And that's see. what the shadow masters have. Like the Marines who are like, like the top tier, like martial artists, like basically the best ninja guys, right? They have that ability as well. So, nice. see, I understood it more. Not that they can't see him, but they can't process that yeah, he's actually there. It's almost like something he does, and I'm sure it's some kind of psychic ability which is built into him or them, is that yeah. they can't actually retain the memories of him there. So it's yeah. like you see him, but you don't actually know that he's there because your mind can't actually process. And it's pretty cool they, they represent that in the in the rules too yeah so but, go ahead andy i was just saying um but sorry to interrupt but you talked about now this is a huge spoiler so like spoilers that's right i don't know if you want to go 20 seconds or whatever this is a massive spoiler but you talk about primarchs not being able to see him but um so not corax but the uh Sh shuriken that's his name right um, Alferia saw him. Yeah, so that's kind of the thing. Hiding, right? And yeah. Yeah, so there are, there are moments even where like, like Sherokin's invisible and then all of a sudden there's a random Marine that can see him. So there's even stories where like one of the salamanders just like looks up and sees him hiding in the ship and he's like, hey, what's up? And it's kind of like, mm -hmm. oh, I thought he was invisible. And then like there are certain Primarchs who can see him, certain Primarchs who can't, you know, mm -hmm. or certain just troops or guys that so i mean even in the game right like demons or psychers you know we're kind of able to see through ability which i don't fully agree with but i don't so. agree either as well i i think he's a powerful enough being that he should be able to uh to be able to you know not be seen by them too right like what's a level one or two or you know maybe some of the most powerful psychers but you know a regular psycho like he's still a primarch right so yeah it's, it's something i wish in the rules is that like maybe magnus could see him logar could see him like but you know most of the other guys couldn't see him shoot at him or have that ability but unfortunately, i mean you can't get everything you want with the rules <laughs> so I, I personally think all i personally think all primarchs should be able to see him but that said they can't confer that ability to the units so in in the end like there's only a few primarchs that have shooting and really if they're yeah. close enough to fire then it doesn't really matter so um yeah but no it's definitely a neat ability that he has i'm sure yeah. you'll go over it 
afterwards. Well, it's just like in the in the see, like even in the books, like I know, um, it's um, like Dark Imperium. Like Goleman talks back when he first starts like training with Korax, or maybe it's in the Korax book. But anyways, like Goleman actually talks about how like Korax literally is right on top of, him, and he didn't even know he was. And there's even scenes where um, uh, Korax and his like uh, his squad of um, the jetpack. The more dense, or not the more, the Dark Furies. Like, there's a scene in, um, yeah, where Conrad Cruz, like, he actually sneaks into the room with them and is actually, like, right on top of Cruz and, like, he doesn't even know that they're there, right? So that's why I like that. Like, some of the Primarchs, he's literally so stealthy, like, some of the Primarchs don't even know he's there or some of the he's there. But in game, obviously, reflect that quite as well. No, definitely. So I was going to ask, uh, out of the the model range, you know, obviously, uh, Primark al alone is is a great model. I think they really did really really good with them. Mm -hmm. But out of the other units, the specialized units that they have, what what's your favorite one? Um, I have to say aesthetically, like I love the Mordente. Like I love the sniper rifles. I love the cloaks. I love how they look. Like to me, they are beautiful. And when I bought them, I equipped them all, of course, with sniper rifles. I found they're not very good in game with the sniper rifles, but and I mean, as far as I'm concerned, like the Dark Furies are like the best jump troop. Like I think they're the most beautiful. Those big claws, like the Mark IV jump packs, like with just the little wings on them, like they look amazing. But I think the the Raven's talons just look so brutal. Like I just I love them, absolutely. Yeah, and I'm a big fan of beaky helmets too. So <laughs> I like Mark VI armor. So. What else we got here, Bill? You got another question? Um, yeah, we kind of well, we kind of answered like the what drew you to play the Legion as well. I think touched on that. Um, what about uh, rights of war? Like, what what's your favorite right of war to run with the Raven Guard, or what have you found that kind of really? added that little extra oomph to your army um for me i like running decapitation strike just because i find it to be the, the fluffiest by far yeah like i like the idea of hunting down hqs right and killing characters you know i like i've, I've always liked that feeling in the forest heresy like even in game if you lose like you still feel like you won that moral victory if you took out the hqs right and you're like ah even if you get decimated the last guy you're like i still killed their commander good enough right yeah that's how I play Noob Lords. I literally, yeah. with my Raven Guard 40k, <laughs> I can take out the HQ. I, I morally exactly. won that game. I don't care. Exactly. Like, that's what I feel their rules should be, right? It should just be like, <laughs> Raven Guard, kill all the HQ, automatic win. You're done. Like, awesome. game over. <laughs> well, and they can have draw pods, right? It's kind of like an orbital assault just for them. Yeah. Like, I, I have to say, when I first started playing them, like, I was definitely drawn to running more of the infiltration without the drop pods and doing that sort of stuff. But I found that like Alvarex Mon and having them in drop pods just gives you so much more. So like if you infiltrate all your units and you lose turn one, your army can just be decimated, right? Cause you're standing, you know, you're in ruins but you might be standing out in the open cause you're trying to get close or you're trying to do those things. But having that ability to drop exactly where you want within 18 inches of Mon who can infiltrate and you can either put him with the unit or put him by himself and hide him behind a wall. Like, 
yeah, drop 18 inches in, get six inches out of your pod, and then rapid fire guys. You get counter attack on all your guys. So, I mean, even like a game I had with Andy a long time ago against world leaders, like, you know, when you're running tax squads or vet squads with close combat weapons and counter attack, you know, and they shoot, then they overwatch, then you, tr you assault them. Like, they're a pretty brutal, they're pretty brutal, right? To have counter attack on them and, you know, yeah, I remember that. That, that, sure. that actually surprised me for sure when you said they had that. And I was like, what? Yeah. <laughs> and what gives them counterattack? Uh, Alvarex Mon. Um, okay, so yeah. in his, under his rules, any unit getting out of a drop pod gets counterattack. Mm, that's pretty cool. Wow. It, the first, yeah, only the first turn they get out. But, um, yeah. you know, I mean, when you drop out of your pod and you use them to block, and obviously you have, like, I usually run with more, um, you know, a couple plasma squads and or a couple melta squads to try and snipe out tanks or snipe out units that have terminators or characters around. But just even those tax squads with all of those attacks, they're, they're pretty brutal. They're pretty good screening, screening units, right? So your other guys can get in and do. And you also used to take some, uh, a couple flyers too, didn't you, Darren? Like the, was it storm Eagles or don't they have their own? They have yeah, their the, own. Um, yeah. The dark wing pattern storm Eagle. I don't think yeah. they're quite as good as the regular Storm Eagle, but I like running them for the fluff. Like, again, you know, they get the concussion, what are they, concussion warhead missile? Oh, the eclipse missile. So it's only strength blinding. Three, but heavy yeah, two, blind, concussive. They like, also have stealth. Right? Yeah. So that's, that's a big difference. You jink, now you have a three plus cover save. Like, that's a big game. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That, and, you know, if you, if you deep strike in beside Mon, like you can deep strike them in within 18 inches, they land exactly where you want with no scatter, shoot what you want, like, and they have stealth on them too. So, you know, if you have night fight on turn one, like they're a great, great little unit. I mean, yeah, I was running like two of them and a fire raptor for a while. So, which was pretty brutal air support for sure. But <laughs> I remember that. You know, I mean, I thought it was cool. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> right of War also doesn't have a massive negative. Your only big negative is one heavy support. Yeah. And right. for me, like, I like with, I believe with Heresy, like, boots on the ground is what it's all about, right? Like, I do run a heavier Air Force for sure, but I do really like having, like, drop pods with guys, you know, just guys on the ground, moving around. And then, too, I mean, when you have Korax in there and they're running six inches, right, that's man the speed of them is un unbelievable like how fast you can move away from enemies and stay just out of charge range yeah well even uh cracks has uh has a little ability where he can do that he kind of like moves around pretty fast on the board right like he he can i think escape combat or something like that oh yeah he um, can um yeah it's like a special not hit and run i forget what it's it happened to it happened to us. I think it was in uh, one of our large matches, and um, it was like four and four. And uh, I was trying to chase him down with Angron, and he just kind of he just moved so quickly I couldn't catch up to him. Yeah. Until uh, until Dan's dirty Magnus dropped down and the Shadowed Lord started taking names. <laughs> oh, the Shadowed Lord. Yeah, yeah, Shadowed Lord. So he gets the ability like that's the same ability as you being shot at him. And also, he can be removed from play. So, yeah, that's pretty cool. So it is nice. There's... I mean, it's nice that you can jump in and out of combat. Like, you know, I mean, he's like he is a brutal primark. I do find. I mean, as every Raven Guard player says, right, that five up invol is just brutal. Like, 
you know, you see him get cut down multiple times, but I mean, I've had games where he never even gets touched, right? Because, you know, you have to shoot him on six. Uh, he has some brutal abilities. And of course, like his, a Primark with a jump pack is just brutal. Like, mm-hmm. definitely. It's, it's a little disappointing. Well, like he's well protected from shooting, but the five plus invulnerable really sucks. Like in close combat, he should have better, at least four. Yeah. Um, so I, I think they should have probably fixed that. Like maybe yeah. shooting five plus, sure, but he has the ability he can't be shot at, which is nice. And then in close combat, maybe he gets, you know, four up or I don't know. There's lots of other things you can do, but the four up at least would be would be useful. Because yeah, you're right. Five plus really doesn't make him stand. Mm-hmm. Um, the stand. Ba- uh, sorry, unlike the lion, they actually balanced him. So you do get the minus to hit, which is actually pretty good in combat, and it, I think it's helped out a lot, even with yep. his five plus. I mean, sure, if if you get those lucky fives and or sorry, those yeah, the fours or fives to hit him, and then you actually wound, he's gonna die. But him being able to leave combat and plus the minus one to hit, if you choose that that stance, he should be in there for a long time. The problem is, is he's not a bat; he's a scalpel, right? He's supposed to go in and out of combats, not stay and fight, you know, Vulcan or, you know, Perturabo. Yeah. He's going to beat him to death. Yeah. And I mean, that's how I, out... I tend to... That's how I tend to use him is like, I don't use him as a Primark fighter or a Primark hunter, right? I use him to finish mm-hmm. off like a lone HQ guy or the tail end of a squad or like maybe rush him into Terminators, that sort of thing, right? But I mean, yeah, mm-hmm. he's not going to stand toe-to-toe with you know, a unit of 10 Sekhmet Terminators or like that. What? I mean, that's the other problem is like his, even his ability to jump <laughs> out of combat, like if he gets concussed, like he's, he has to stay in combat, right? Yeah. Cause he has to have mm-hmm. a higher initiative. So he gets stuck and then he dies. Yeah. He's yeah. definitely the scalpel. And I mean, I like, right. He can rip apart a super heavy, no problem. Tears apart knights, no problem. You know, and one of the one of the fa- my favorite things with knights is like you can just jump over behind them and then attack them from the back. Right? You know, you can do that to tanks and all that good stuff. Right? Not yeah. to knights. You have to face the knight. No, no. What I mean is like you can jump, like you can just jump in behind them. Like so, there's a lot of like a lot of people who try to block right, like with his jump pack that you can get in behind so many tanks or in behind the lines and in behind troops, like, mm-hmm. and then. Yeah, so you can jump in behind them, shoot them in the back, and then charge them, right? Rather yeah, than right. taking them on from. He's also going mean, to hammer a wrath. Yeah, yeah, his hammer of wraths are are really good. His um, yeah, he gets D three, right? So. No, he's a. I mean, he's good. Uh, like I have to say, the Raven Guard overall, like they've taken some time to get used to. I think they're. I mean, they're very different. Like I play Salamanders too, right? That are just a hammer, right? You drive forward and hit guys, and I find the Raven Guard are much more. Like they are much more of the scalpel, right? You really need to be aware where you, where you are on the board, who's hitting you back, you know, are you going to get assaulted? That sort of thing. But I mean, they are fun to just pick an army apart and just, you know, you just watch somebody just slowly get depleted off the board, right? Like, it's fun to play, I think. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. I know um, early on we mentioned like you're talking about the Dark Furies as being probably like your favorite unit for them in terms like for the raven guard yeah i really um, like them 
Oh, sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, I was going to say, um, that kind of like leads us into the next part. Like, do you want to break down, um, the overall like Raven guard bonuses from their like Legion of Stardis rules? And we can kind of pick through that a little bit. Cause some people may not be familiar. Like they actually have some pretty neat bonuses. Um, so yeah, you just want like, like by wing and Talon and yeah. all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Korax drove to forge his legion into a highly adaptable rapid strike force in which each component has its own unique role to play, sealing an enemy's fate. Um, so the infantry, uh, except models with Terminator armor type, get infantry and fleet, which is so good. I mean, again, right, you're, you know, you cannot pay the drop pod tax, infiltrate almost your entire army. Suddenly you're 18 inches from your opponent. You know, all of your guys get fleet, or if Korax is on the board, then of course they get that auto six six inch run, which is so amazing to grab objectives or get behind guys. Um, jump infantry, bikes, jet bikes, infantry, and Terminator armor get furious assault, which very handy. Yeah. And flesh over flesh over steel, a Raven Guard detachment. Um, and not have more units in total with the vehicle type uh, than it does the Legionary Stardis Raven Guard. So yeah, just vehicle tank. Fine. Tank to be specific, right? Yeah, so you can yeah. still have vehicles as long as they're not tanks. So dreadnoughts. Yeah. Um, so it makes it more of makes it more of like how Darren. Yeah, your dreadnoughts, your rhinos, your. Well, sorry, rhinos you can't. But or, uh, or, yeah, drop pods. Are trying to think, yeah, drop pods. You were thinking, um, skimmers, things like that, like the lighter. Kind of, kind of makes you more of actually taking more of the infantry, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, infantry I, and walkers. I think, honest, I think honestly, this list. Because uh, this came, uh, Raven Guard came out exactly the same in the same book as Iron Hands. In Iron Hands, you can't take more infantry with bikes, uh, um, jump packs, stuff like that. So I think they were trying to be like the opposite of Iron Hands in a way. Because Iron Hands yeah. literally says you can't take these super fast units, while you know uh, this them literally says no, you have to take more infantry, kind of thing. Just I think they were just kind of be the polar opposites. Yeah, in my opinion. But yeah, I mean, even like, so, yeah, so especially when you go back to the Dark Furies, right? The fact that you get Furious Assault on them. And I mean, the Raven's Talons are brutal weapons. Yeah. Is there, um... So yeah, each each pair of uh, Raven Talons, right, are mastercrafted on each model. And then they get rending on top of it. So, you know, you do have that time when you run in and against a unit of Terminators, and you will absolutely shred them. Especially if you have a Chaplain with them. You know, and you're able to re-roll. Or there's that independent character where you you gain... Um... Preferred enemy? Preferred enemy, there you go. Yeah. So, yeah, they can be super brutal, right? But, yeah, I mean, Furious Assault is great. Yeah. Definitely. And then, so, I mean, it's, a, it's a Lightning Claw, right? Do Lightning Claws have Shred still? Or is that something that I'm yeah. remembering? Yeah. Yeah, it's a Master Crash Shred. Right, so they have yeah. Shred AP3... Rending, yep. mastercrafted, right? Mastercraft. So as you were saying, like they're unreal weapons, right? Yep. Like majority of the stuff you're just ripping apart, and those two plus armor, you know what? You still have rending, right? So yeah. Yep. So and the with shred, like that's a mass amount of wounds that you're going to inflict because they do they give you an extra attack too? Yeah. Yeah, they're uh, they're a pair. That, that's right. So four on the charge. In the uh, yeah, where they get a uh, sudden strike so the dark furies get sudden strike and uh, you gain a plus one initiative plus one initiative bonus on any phase in which they charge 
So when you so charge, when you charge them, you get plus one strength and plus one initiative on them as well, right? Wow. They're base two attacks. Yeah, they are a brutal, brutal thing. I mean, obviously, like, the big downfall, right, is they only have three plus armor, so they can die fast. But, yeah, if but you the get them into combat, they're, they're brutal. But the chooser of the slain is in Artificer Armor. Yeah. Right? So if you, like, you can maybe position him better to at least attempt to save a few of those. Yeah. Uh, a few of those wounds. Does he have a better weapon skill, too? Yeah, he has five. Is he weapon skill, skill five? Weapon skill. Yeah, yeah, compared yeah. to the other squad? Yeah. So challenge every time? Yeah. Hmm. So, so still on the talons there, the lightning claws. So you can upgrade... Um, any Raven Guard model with Lightning Claws to Raven's Talons for like 10 points, right? Yeah. So, so that's what's given the Master Crafted and Rending is that is the the Talons. So that's pretty neat. You can give it to uh, characters or whatever, upgrade yeah. them. Yeah. Um, I'm... I find often it's a heavy tax though, right? Because you have to you have to buy them Lightning Claws. Yeah. Upgrade their lightning claws, right? So it's a it's a heavy, heavy tax to have. But but I mean the the Furies, like they're not actually that overpriced either. No. Like you look at 175 and then 30 a model, so to two twenty or three twenty-five, you get a ten man unit. And it's actually pretty good at what it does. I mean, yeah. I would maybe compare them to like the word bearer uh what are they called? Ashen Circle or Ashen Circle, because they've got AP three as well. Yeah. Yeah. But I think the Furies definitely with the weight of attacks, the weapons are just unreal. I, I, I think they're for their points cost. I mean, I don't know if I would run three of them, but one for sure. Yeah. And that's the thing I find like with running a deep striking force that's right in your face, it kind of forces your opponent like, are you going to shoot the guys that are in your face, which allows your Dark Furies to run up the board? Or, you know, are you going to, are you going to target the Dark Furies, which then, of course, leave your Raven Guard to do more work in the enemy lines? Mm -hmm. So they are a very big distraction, which I find is super fluffy, right? It's fun. And, and I mean, you can deep strike them too with their jump packs, right? So again, if you have if you have Mon on the board, I mean, they dug, they deep strike in, they land exactly where you want them. It's just they have to sit there for a turn, right? Probably. Yeah. Yeah. So then they're not doing anything till third turn, but. You probably aren't getting anywhere until third turn, anyways. So yeah, if you have if you have if you have Corks on the board, you can run them right. So you'll get a full eighteen inches. Yeah. So you're halfway up the board already. Yeah. Yeah. So that's just it, too, right? Yeah, Koroks is on the board. I mean, they're super fast. And they're brutal. So I mean, I've, you know, I've even had games right where the enemy comes towards me turn one, and I mean, if they move into that that 24 inch bubble right and then all of a sudden like your furies if they're on the line i mean they're right in them you know on your turn yeah. they're so fast those are pretty cool what's the yeah. uh what's the other right of war that the raven guard get besides the decapitating strike i have it here if, if, if you yeah, guys want me to read it out uh it's called liberation force it, yeah, I think it was like book six when they gave out like second rights for people. Um, yeah. I think it's basically kind of getting after Istvan. Uh, so they have freedom fighters once per game. 
declared by the Raven Guard player at the beginning of the game turn uh, of their choice, every model in that army gains the Zealot rule for the remainder of that game turn. So everyone becomes fearless and gets hatred for that one what that one turn. Um, Slayer of Tyrants, one of when playing a mission that uses the the Slay the Warlord secondary objective, the controlling player earns not one but D three victory points for achieving this victory condition. So that's kind of leading into their you know kill the head of the snake kind of thing. Um, lead by example. Should the army include the allied detachment drawn from the Imperials militia and warp cult army list? Models from this detachment are fearless within six inches of any model that has Legion of Stardis Raven Guard special. I don't really know where that's from, like in the fluff. Why like the militia get fearless from being around Raven Guard, but maybe touches um, in the fluff of the spire yeah, or something. Well, it kind of gets in how like um you know, the Raven Guard can de deploy one or, you know, a, even a squad of, like, five guys to a planet, and they'll start to, they'll make contact with, like, their guerrilla force, and then they'll start to train them up and teach them and and then kind of have the humans fighting. So it happens if, a little bit later in the Heresy series, and in 40k it happens a few times where they do that. So Is I get they're going for that militia side, but, yeah, I mean, me personally, I wouldn't run. And the the Raven Guard are like they pretty much stand for like justice, pretty much, right? Yeah. Like that's what I I kind of got out of some of it, some of the stories and stuff. But it's it's yeah. They like, have their own kind of sense of cruise, right? Like yeah, they have their yeah. own sense of kind of justice, whereas like the Night Lords are a little bit a bit different in their own sense of how they. <laughs> they're justice, right? Yeah. They have they're their own justice too. on the justice scale. Yeah. So I mean, you know, can't all be like ultramarines, but you know, salamanders. So, <laughs> their well, so their limitation is they can't be part of a shattered legion. Uh, they cannot take any fortifications or any unit with a mobile or slow and purposeful. So they can't take uh, terminators. Um. The right of war may only be used uh, if it belongs to a loyalist faction. I think that's changed now, though. I don't think Terminators have Stone Purposeful anymore. Oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, that's probably been updated. I don't even know what does have that anymore. Not much. Um, in 30k? Back in the old uh, shenanigan days where... Yeah, stone purposeful would transfer over even if you had one model. You oh, could yeah. fire heavy weapons with no yeah. penalty. And uh yeah, like ago. We need to forget that. I know, I know, I know. But <laughs> it just it came up, right? So it's just one of those things. But yeah. Old shenanigans, best best left it, in the past. It, it's hard <laughs> to say what you can use that for. I mean, you get fearless for one turn and you get bonuses to kill the warlord i don't know what else you what it's even worth taking for yeah well it's a lot yeah it's only one, one turn, turn and then... so that, i mean that sure could you be, could wait could be a could pivotal moment one right? combat that, that's defining right but then at the end of the game if that never happens then you've just wasted the potential of using it for that one turn mm. right well, so... that's, that's that's the risk of the whole thing then. risk game, and reward game, 
Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, I mean, I think it's fluffy. I think it's good to like, you know, it gets you to build, you know, your sort of militia and, you know, your guerrilla fighters in and lets you kind of play both armies. But yeah, it's more, I think it's more fluffy than yeah. practical, right? Like for me, like I said, like if I play Raven Guard, I want to play Raven Guard. I don't want to play humans with a couple Raven Guard guys. Yeah. What about There's a like couple. Ethan? What's what? For... What about the more data? Uh, the more data, um, yeah, again, the models are super beautiful. I mean, even as snipers, they are good, for sure. Um, I mean, a lot of guys seem to run them with the combi flamers, right? And then they, you know, you, you flame guys and then you... Do you have them there, Darren? Just read out the rule. It gains twin linked and yeah, rending. So all they're shooting for that turn gains twin linked and rending, which if you're running flamers, which means you reroll to hit to wound. Yeah. Yeah. Auto hit, reroll to wound, and then rending. So that's pretty then, uh, pretty nasty. Yeah. I've been on the so, receiving I mean, end of that. They're definitely bullet magnets for sure if you run them and tell your opponent what they're going to be. I mean, I just like... I, I love the idea of them. I love the sniper rifle look on them, but I just find in game like they're not they're not worth the point cost, you know? They're fun fluff wise, but yeah. Sniper rifles I find. Yeah. They're what the headhunters should be. Combine flamers definitely would be like a one shot mm -hmm. like yeah. you rip apart most likely, right? Awesome. Guys, yeah. Right. Drop them out of a drop door. Um, what else would you take though? So, no, no, I know, but I mean, like, what would else combi weapons would you take with them? Because uh, combi plasmas are useless because you get uh, you get preferred enemy, and you're usually shooting your plasmas at you know the independent characters anyway, so you're rerolling those ones. And then yeah. uh, melta doesn't work with rending because you already get the the armor bane rule or melta rule, sorry. And then, so you got bulkite chargers, uh, grenade launchers, or flamers that could actually utilize from the shred and uh, the rending. Probably. So flamers, yeah, because you don't need to hit, and you just get to reroll the wounds. Yeah. yeah. Well, not shred, twin linked. Let's be let's be specific. Right. Twin linked, yeah. yeah. Twin linked, yeah. And they're both still five, so twin linked on like bulkites and stuff is definitely not as good because you only miss on ones. Right, and if you're firing a unit with an independent character, you have preferred enemy anyway, so it's kind of useless, right? So it's almost like you kind of go with the flamers, and you drop them close by to a unit, and you erase majority of the units out there. So that's quite—it's quite interesting that they have that. Mm -hmm. Like fluff-wise, flamers, like that doesn't really make sense. No, <laughs> well, that's my thing. Like I don't like, and I mean, they—they they are good snipers, right? They are. Good, but the other thing is, yeah. is like the rule is only good for a turn, you know. Which is, I like. I hate that they're not only Space Marine snipers. I mean, they are the sniper elite of snipers. Mediocre, yeah, and they're only okay. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? If you're playing competitively, you're probably running flamers on them. If you're playing yeah. fluff wise, no. you're not, and then they're not as good. And I, I mean, they're not crazy expensive, right? But yeah, they're definitely a fun unit. If you have the points, yeah. for sure, put them in. They're fun. But, yeah, I just don't find them overly effective. Unless you're running the flamers. Then they're super effective. 
I mean, you still yeah. have to get them in there. So I actually mentioned drop pod before. I don't think you can actually put them in a drop pod. No, because they can't take a rhinos. So then you yeah. most likely, no, 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 they can, but they can get a rhino, but the specific rule is set. It gives you a list of units that can take the drop pod. Oh. Yeah. And they're not part of it. So you would have to put them in a dark, uh, dark ring storm eagle, right? Yeah. Which is pretty pricey to get them down, but Dreadclaw? they can probably get anywhere. Dread, uh, Dreadclaw. Yeah, okay. Yeah, you're right. right. Pass yeah. the tank. Yeah. Half yeah. the points. And Doesn't of course, use up the vehicle Mortalis. tank. Yeah. In Zone Mortalis, they root all. Oh, but, yeah. So. And they they have another... Come, uh, just something else that I just noticed. They also come with... Um, why are there... They have a weird rule where you have to buy their weapon. Okay. I don't know if that's what you're getting at. Yeah, yeah. Come... Okay, so, so, so they, they, they come with bolt pistol and chainsword, so they have two close combat weapons, but they don't have a shooting weapon, but you have to pay for one. Mm -hmm. So you're either... Oh, okay. So they're actually a lot more expensive than I thought because you're either yeah. paying two points for a sniper for a shotgun, which is amazing shotgun, <laughs> uh, five <laughs> points for a sniper rifle, or seven for a combat weapon. So it's almost like it's either sniper rifle or combi weapon, and for two extra points, like why wouldn't you go with a combi weapon then, right? Yeah. Especially at that point cost, right? Yeah, I see what you're saying there. Yeah. Definitely, that, that that's making more sense now because they're definitely much more pricier than I thought because okay. they don't come stock with it and they have to buy something, and the shotgun seems kind of useless. Yeah. So yeah. Okay. So okay. that's what I mean, like fluff-wise, you know, if you're playing on that board that has, you know, multi-level terrain and you can stick them up in a building, they're so hard to get out of there, right, having, you know, stealth and like, shrouding everything on them. And, like, they can just, you know, I mean, you pick out that apothecary from the squad and boom, you kill them, like, you feel so good doing it. But, yeah, it's just point-wise, it's not, I just don't find them a... <laughs> Armin, do they become with, do they come with precision shot? No, but the sniper rifle, I think, gives you that. Yeah, the sniper rifle gives So they also have uh, another character as well, right? Um, Cadis Nex? Is that yeah. that's his name? Yep. What do you think about yeah, him, Darren? Um, really good. I mean, he is, he is good. He is pretty brutal. But again, like, I just... For being an HQ, for how many times, I mean... You might jump out, you might be able to pop a squad or most of a squad, but like he's going to die and he's going to die super fast. So, you know, you can't attach him to a squad. Again, I don't find him overly worth it. Like, again, he's super fun, but yeah, I just don't. Yeah, he's got a lot of rules on him. A lot of. He's a, he's a named character that's a more attack. He's got like his own little special guns that he has. Yeah. So. The Falcon but... cannons. His, yeah. his special ability is he, he's allowed to infiltrate within... He, he picks a target, I think, and then you can infiltrate within so many inches of that. Inches. Yeah. yeah. So that's the thing, right? He can, he can infiltrate within 18 inches as long as nobody can see him on the board. So how often can you infiltrate that model right, right into an enemy line where no one's going to see him? It almost never happened. And that's, right. he's I gotta, think that's the thing he's I find with the character. character. Yeah, like with Raven Guard, like I find that some of their rules, if they were tweaked that little bit, would make so much more fun for Fluff. Like, 
you know, so I mean, like when you think of Marbo in 40k, right? Like Marbo <laughs> just is able to turn up right behind an enemy unit, right? But like this guy can't, you know. So, but wait, and, so it's, it says he can be deployed within 18 inches of his chosen, chosen unit, prey. but that means yeah. he could be one inch away from another unit. Yeah, but I think uh, where are we? As long as he's out of sight. Yeah, as long as he remains out of sight to all enemy units. Right. Right? Hmm. So again, how often is that ever going to happen? So You're going to spend half an hour just trying to move that one guy so that no one else can see him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I guess it depends on the board, right? Like Zor Mortalis would work. Zorn, he'd be good, yeah. Yeah, no, that'd be Yeah, really and good. I have to say, like, that's, that's just it, right? Like, I mean, obviously, when the Raven came out, like, we weren't playing Zor Mortalis at all, like, I do think he's an effective, much more effective to play in Zone Mortalis, but yeah, in actual games, I don't know. I just don't find him. Don't find him really worth it. Like even his hand oh, cannons, right? AP four rending, like yeah, his refractor field. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah, for 155 <laughs> points, I don't know. To me, he's just he's not quite worth. It. Oh, fair enough. Well, we touched a little on Korax, but I mean. We can go back to him. He's pretty good. Yeah. I yeah. I personally like the post-Estevan Corax. Oh, yeah. No, I don't agree with that at all. Well, just, you're getting a Primark that uh, you can use him for a lot of different ways, right? Um, as, like, a distraction or just, like, a small tar pit or just trying to harry the units, uh, like, your opponent's smaller units and... Super, super cheap in points, right? Like it's, it's awesome. So you lose, a, you do well, lose your jump, jump pack and some big versatility, but uh, I don't know. It just. But really, has some you cool would fluff. only fluff wise, you would use it if you were running like an Istvan Five campaign, and it's yeah. happening afterwards, right? And he's trying to escape, and you're using it for that. But because by the time he leaves the planet, he heals and gets his weapons, and he's like, "Oh, I'm fine again." Hmm. Right. Disconnected there. Nope. That's right. We can still hear you. We can hear you. There There you go. Back online? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So, no, I don't know. I mean, for what he loses, I find, for the point cost of having that Primark, like, I find his jump pack is worth the point 100%. Just him being so fast is just, yeah, totally worth it. Well, he also loses one wound and gets three plus armor. Yeah. He still well, has his troops like, around six inches. Yeah. <laughs> so. He yeah, also I don't know, again, maybe running him into more talents. Slow. Pardon, Armin? I said he gains plus one strength when attorney charges. So against vehicles, he's strength 10. Yeah. Beast. If he chooses that fighting stance, right? Plus three to uh, armor penetration. So effectively, he's strength 10 against vehicles. That's really good. Like, he can rip apart with seven, eight attacks. Do his weapons... Uh, are his weapons included in his profile? Do you know? It's one profile. Okay. Okay. Oh yeah, I see that two-handed. Yeah, I see that. So seven attacks on the charge, but still, though, right? Like, pretty legit against vehicles. Well, that's the thing, right? If you're running, if you run Death Strike, I mean, he already has like plus three to armor pen anyway, right? So, I mean, I know he's strength nine. Right? He's, yeah. I mean, I've I've seen him rip super heavies apart. He's brutal. Yeah. 
Yeah, what are what are all the different um, fighting stances Korax has? You want me to read them? Sure. Sure. Bust them out. Uh, so death strike. All two wound rolls of five plus by Korax's close combat attacks wound their target regardless of the toughness. Any rolls to damage vehicles gain the extra plus three to their armor penetration rolls. He has Scourge, which uh, he gains D3 attacks. Or he can do the Shadow Walk, where he imposes a minus one penalty to hit um, every enemy mo every, of every enemy model which attacks him in the assault in an assault until the beginning of Korax's controlling player's next assault phase. So, th so that one there, the Shadow Walk has really caused me some issues yeah. in, in yeah. the past in, in Primer uh, battles. Um, yeah. Just, you know, in overall fights, right? That minus one to hit, it just screws me over, you know? Yeah, what, it is a big what's deal good for about sure. that one, the one. The one good thing about that one is it's not like leaving a rust where you have to be in base contact in order to get the minus one. It's mm -hmm. anyone yeah. in, in in combat. So any of the squad that's hitting into the, it's probably you're probably in a challenge anyways that are hitting into the challenge or, or you know, getting extra swings. They're also a minus one. Yeah, it's only if they're attacking Korax, not the unit. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, but yeah, that's what I mean. Like if it's because he's I mean, probably going to be by himself right when he's surrounded by terminators or he gets surrounded by a unit. It's handy to just yeah, you can just be like, oh, you're all hitting me on this now. You're all hitting on fives, mm. which helps. Yeah, which helps. Well, a lot of the special units too also have shroud bombs. We kind of overlooked that, but mm. that's still yeah, pretty decent, right? Yeah, so, and that's the thing. They're they're a big deal. Like yeah, so the shroud bombs are defensive grenades, right? And not only that, you have to make a leadership test in order to charge them. And I mean, I've seen it happen, right? Like, you know, that unit rolls an eleven, and that unit of terminators that's coming to crush them <laughs> can't get them, and then you just <laughs> Run away on the next yeah. turn and go kill something else, right? And that's pretty, <laughs> pretty fun and brutal. But I mean, that defensive grenade too is a huge, huge bonus. Yeah, and they are defensive grenades too, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So the other thing we kind of missed too is one of the special rules is that uh, any enemy independent character uh, can get a Cameline cloak. So it doesn't apply to Terminators, jump packs, bikes, or jet bikes. But mm -hmm. your regular troops, like if you put them in the squad, like that's stealth for that unit. So that's kind of a big deal too. Just yeah. random thing I read that I wanted to mention. Yep. I mean, even too, I mean, even just the, um, what's the other thing they got? The infrared, the, not infrared. Yeah, it's uh, some kind of visor. Improviser, right? But I mean, you know, yeah. most guys, if you're dropping down, you know, they usually want to have night fight because you're shooting at their vehicles or you're playing against like night lords, right? Who have that. You know, who have massive bonuses, nice fighting, like yeah. fighting and all that stuff. And I mean, it's cheap. It's five points, and it it gets rid of night fighting, right? It's it's. I find it's 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 a small bonus, but in certain games, it can be a massively huge bonus on turn one. Like, well, if you're if you're relying on first strike, like it's huge, yeah. right? Yeah. So mm -hmm. the only thing with that is it has. Uh, your initiative, I believe, goes to one for blind tests. Yeah, yeah. you automatically yeah. get blinded. And Dan knows about blind tests. Well, not a <laughs> You don't even need initiative one, and your whole army will go blind from your the stupid gorgons. Uh, yeah. I really, I really, I really, 
I played last week and I, we had a, like we were playing a Centurion style game and I had the Gorgons kind of leading the charge and I had my guys falling behind. And anytime a Gorgon, their special rules, if they make a an invulnerable save, anyone within six inches takes a initiative test for a blind test. And I think there was two out of like three units that were behind them kept failing, even with the reroll I get. It was just like, oh man. Never taking these guys ever again. Flesh is first time for sure. sure. Mind you, mind you, my mind you, one of my units got blinded too, right? In combat, so yeah. But, but, oh, the guys without bolters, like, oh, yeah, <laughs> my, my breachers with swords. Come on, because I played the mortal, I played the mortable tactical, right? Where you get to fury over and over again. So, my whole thing was I get to fury, you can't fury if you're snapshotting, so. <laughs> Anyways, I get, we got distracted there, but that's a good laugh. Yeah, so good. they're they're cheap, right? The Camelones, what five, and the Infrisers are five. Yeah, yeah. So you, you can take them good. on any sergeant, any character, or no. So the Camelines you have to take with independent, but the Infrisers you can take on any character, I think. Correct. Yeah. So you take them on heavy support squads if you're trying to rely on that first strike laser last cannons or missiles or whatever. Yeah. And also, too, like something we didn't even talk about, too, is, yeah, just I find the Raven Guard, like, it's nice when you start reading their rules, how stackable they are, like. Mm -hmm. So even I, just the fact, right, so with their decapitation strike, like, you know, they get to re-roll the dice to see who goes first and who deploys first, which is super nice. Um, you know, and then when you combine them with, like, Mon, he also gets to re-roll, seize the initiative if you do fail it. But, like, you can force your opponent into a, you know, deployment zone that doesn't have a lot of cover right or you know you can pencil them in like you can push them into one that even has cover where they're constantly having to move through cover like there's lots of little tricks to them that are just super fun right and that, stackable that feels fluffy adults. though like they dictate yeah. and they they're the ones that set the tempo for like the battle yeah well that's the thing i like with mon like even his his ability to have have troops land like um, the deep strike like automatically hit within 18 inches, but it's still the thing that like he can still infiltrate on turn one, mm -hmm. right? So, you know, you can get right up, you can get right up to their line, and then he has an 18 inch bubble out from him, right? Can drop in. You know, you're probably going first. You're probably going to get that turn one. Like, there's a lot of good stuff. Mon can also buy a drop pod for just for fun, right? Yeah. He doesn't you can need a right. He can just do it in any any situation. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, and he can go in one of the um, the Deathwing Storm Eagles as well. So just super nice. One of the the biggest things that kind of drew me to Raven Guard, just the, even in the fluff, was uh, all the Esteban stuff. Um, I know after reading some of those books, I wanted to make like a Raven Guard slash Shattered Legion rocking like the MK234 all cobbled together with different, you know, Iron Hands and Word Bearers and how these scribe were, they're all coming out of the Storm Eagles and whatnot and all kind of just like, you know, um, just blasted from battle, right? Like PTSD wasn't to the Corrus max. Even wearing? Cobbled yeah, armor, Corrus yeah. Even wearing? Yeah, Iron Warrior, like, shoulder pads and stuff, because he was all just taking whatever he could find. When they um, yeah, well, 
if you listen to, I think it's Raven Lord, it's like an hour long audiobook. Phenomenal story. But it, it, it starts with him waking up in his drop pod or waking up in his gunship that's crashed. And then him like running out and kind of getting his troops back together, them scattering from the drop zone. But it talks about how like, yeah, his, uh, his tech Marines like can't put his jump pack back together, right? And they're trying to fix his armor and do what they can. And then it just, it gets into just how brutal they are. Like they flee from combat and then just are jumping out surprising guys. And it really gets into like how brutal Korax is when he's mad, right? Like he rips a tank apart. He rips off an Iron Warrior's arm and kills another Iron Warrior with it. Like he throws rocks at dudes and like sounds like talking about like yeah, <laughs> like they're like full rounds, right? Like, like without even trying. Yeah, yeah. It's just it, he's absolutely just brutal. Like that's one of the audiobooks that like really made me fall in love with him. Is just yeah. yeah, he's so brutal. And of course, like he uses his stealth a lot in it. And yeah, so just seems like all the the. Uh... Primarchs have bad tempers at times. Yeah, you know, it's true. Uh, They're warlords. The biggest kid. The, yeah, when you're the biggest kid at the playground, why yeah. you the <laughs> the guy, right? ain't nobody got time for that crap. <laughs> the biggest kid. I don't like ever remember Alpharius having a bad temper. Never mind Alpharius. It's all about Megaron. Did no Megaron play that alien out in the space? Yeah, he did. He got upset that little gas ball and he just grabs it and it's like screeching at him and he just spoilers oh, opens right. up the little airlock and <laughs> right like <laughs> I remember that part in the book he's like he's like yeah we're at the coordinates he's like we're 200 years early he's gone right and he's like get out of here yeah. oh, man. We, should, we should just have Bill read us the stories in his own in his own way right <laughs> yeah yeah I don't know. I don't know. I I would do that. I would listen to. Just... I'll even film it beside like a fireplace with Gary on me, and I'll pet him. <laughs> Gary's his cat. My cat, yeah, that's my cat, Gary. He's yeah, he'll look awesome, and we can read books. Uh, fireside with Bilbo. You gotta have your glasses down on the end of your oh. nose and a corn cob pipe kind of thing. Sweater then... vest, everything, everything. Yeah, sweater yeah. vest. Yeah, make sure that rum is. These are the tales of the heresy. Comment yeah. if you want to see this, because I do. I think there was, uh, yeah. If, if I get enough comments, I'll do it. We'll get um, a picture of Bill doing it. Yeah. It's just going back to like the Raven Guard with this divan and everything like that. It's, uh, it's definitely a really cool, cool story and uh, reading on how you know, uh, spoilers, how. Alpha Legion, like, infiltrate and just, let's be real, like, fuck everything up for them. Um, really made me hate Alpha Legion a lot. <laughs> because I was like, you know, they just can't, just, they just can't catch a break, man. You know, like, come on. Um, but there was that scene where Omegon has a chance to kill Korax. And he chooses not to do it. Now we talk about would a heavy bolter do it, but I mean Primark versus Primark. Let's say that he did, he could. Yeah. And uh, that was pretty cool because, like, he's like, nope, that's not the plan. That's not what we're supposed to do. This is what we're supposed to do, right? So that was mm -hmm. I really, I really kind of thought that was cool because, you know, I think Korak should have killed Olgar, but that's a different story. But he was still in denial, right? Like, what yeah. the hell is happening? This is my brother. 
I get it. But yeah. Yeah, Conrad Conrad stops him too, right? Yeah. What was really heartbreaking is in that story, again, spoilers, is because they tell a lot of the story through the Alpha Legionnaire's point of view. And he like talks to the Raven Guard and he trains them on or helps them train on how to kill other Marines. And he talks about how and, and he starts remembering what the other, you know, Marine remembered and he they're his squad mates. He would die for them. But the moment that switch goes off and the moment he gets activated, he goes and fires that. Because I think he fired a bolter or whatever it was. He killed his captain. To, yeah. to kill him. Like, it was just instant. And that, that even me, I was like, ooh, that's cool. Yeah. But, clearly, yeah. there's, but clearly there's some kind of, like, conditioning. Okay. I get conditioning. Sleeper cells. Right? Yeah. That's pretty much what it is with that Alpha Legion. Sleeper cell. Just... Well, the trade to go in, and then, like you said, flick the switch, and next thing you know, they're activated. Yeah, but they're supposed to be so good at infiltrating that they don't even a lot of times like they no. even doubt what they are, right? No. Yeah, it's look. Yeah. They literally he, at the end sequence, he's like, "Oh, you were you're an Alpha Legion, and you're an Alpha Legion, and you're an Alpha Legion," because nobody knew who was who, right? So they didn't even know who Omegron was. He was some dirty bomb or something. And a lot of that stuff stuff is why tons of people love him and tons of people hate him. (laughs) I guess we're getting away from Raven Guard and why they're cool. Raptors. Let's talk about Raptors, Raptors, man. They don't have rules for them, which is such a shame because they, they present them as like big kids with like the yep. ability to murder anything that they get to but they're not yep. quite there yet right like you know but hey they get crazy marines really fast so they figure it'd be worth it but you know the warp taint yeah i, I, I mean let's face surprised. it they are they are stupid they are mm-hmm. a little special they definitely take the short bus to school like you know but they are incredibly brutal in combat and stories yeah. i'm a little surprised like i know that raven guard came out and we talk about istaban so raptors come later i kind of wish yeah. that they had the unit for raptors or that they had released it after the fact so yeah. like mm-hmm. book six book seven right there's no reason why they couldn't have done that done it then so i'm a little disappointed in that because that would have been really nice to see um, yeah. And then, you know, the models sound awesome. Like, you're kind of building, like, a warp-tainted creature thing. Yeah, Vorbeck? Yeah, yeah. More like, probably, like, Black Dragons, but... But I kind of feel that they would be... Like, I like Galvorbeck, but these guys would be, like, more subtle, because they would try to hide a lot of their mutations. Yeah. But, like, one guy would just have armor that's too big on one side or something like that, and you're like... You know, from one angle, you're like, oh, he's a Marine. And the other angle, you're like, there's something wrong with him, right? That's kind of how I always envisioned him. It's a Steven Matt over holding the Marine armor. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, that's basically it, right? So if people don't know, in in the – is it Ravenspire that this all happens? With the – anyways, what it is is the Legion's so crippled that the Emperor gives uh, Korax the ability to make his own Space Marines with his own Gene Seed. And what he does is he literally takes these 12-year-old kids and grows them into full-fledged space marines in a month or a couple months. And yeah. the Alpha Legion sneak in and kind of trick them. But 
what's funny is in that book that's where you start to see the the start of mark six armor and that's when they start to get the beakies and stuff like that but when i was reading it i was literally like this is primaris marines when i was like oh yeah they're yeah these guys they're They're super soldiers right yeah they're faster they're stronger than like normal marines which is cool Mm -hmm. right they really did a a cool thing um the way they describe it if if any of the uh one of all events guys are listening we need a unit of raptors yeah out there and uh, many people would like them i believe so just leave that yeah their conversions there. would be so much fun their oh movies yeah would be so much fun. yeah i think that's a lot of that happens in uh deliverance lost um as yeah, deliverance like we're talking lost. about a lot um yeah deliverance lost is the one we're right after istaman yeah very good very good read um that's the one that almost turned me completely over i was like buddy that's some pretty good <laughs> stuff so Korak's having Nam flashbacks from Conrad Kurz. Thousand Yard Stare Man like this. It, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right? yeah. But but he's in the corner like on his dropship. Just yeah. <laughs> guys are asking him what's happening. He's like, yeah. nothing. Never mind. Walks nothing, away. man. Yeah. <laughs> Ain't nothing. <laughs> As he walks away. Awesome. Uh, but real cool though. I mean, gotta admit that black armor. Mm-hmm. You know, black and white. It's it's pretty nice. It's yeah. a very appealing yeah. peeling look to them too, especially with the beakies, right? Like, look really sharp. Yeah. And then uh, all the units, you know, they kind of fit with those colors. Um, so, at, at a hobby painting aspect of it, you can find out find so much stuff on it and make them kind of look like you know ravens crows whatever that kind of bluish black gray kind of color mm-hmm. lots of stuff so is there nice. anything you want to add darren yeah about the raven guard i know we've kind of been talking all over the place with things but there's anything specifically that you want to finish this off with i think you might have gotten disconnected may have. So he's frozen? Yeah. I think so. I was like, Manny's listening intently. (laughs) 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 Yeah. Okay. um, Well, is there anyone else that wants to add anything before we kind of finish it off here? If you got any you know what? Send us some pictures of your stuff, your Raven Guard stuff. Uh, any stories, questions, questions, all that? Yeah. You know, let us know. Post your models, yeah. share them. Share yeah, them if, on you, our page. Okay. if you have questions um, about Raven Guard, or if you think that we missed something, right? Let us know um, if there's any really cool combos you found that we haven't mentioned here. Um, definitely, yeah, hit us up and let us know on uh, YouTube or even just on the Facebook page, and um, we'll do our best to answer your questions directly and. Let you know, like we we want to engage with you guys online and um, through the podcast as well. So uh, don't be shy. Definitely don't hesitate to get a hold of us. Because I think we have a few Alpha Legion questions from our last uh, podcast. We do. Yeah, yeah. yeah we so... do. Yeah. yeah. Well, thanks for um, 
thanks for putting all the comments in guys and thanks for asking questions i know we've had a couple of people ask us about uh, alpha legion and uh what our opinions are so feel free uh feel free to ask again i don't think we'll talk about alpha legion next week uh we'll do raven guard but if you have more questions feel free to message in the chat um under the video or just message us on the bad tabletop gaming facebook page uh tag me in it tag any of us in it but they'll tell me if you don't tag me but tag me in it too if you want and we'll go in and we can have a chat about if you, if you have a few more questions um but a couple of questions I'll, I'll go over i have them here so one of the questions was uh, about the primarchs right of war so i talked about running pride of the legion so uh the question was what about primarchs right of war that way you only have to take alferis and not uh the chaplain as uh, he's wondering if uh, the chaplain's necessary since Alpharius gives preferred enemy everything and the chaplain's ability is first round only. So that's kind of two points, so I'll kind of discuss with those. So Primarch's um, uh, Chosen is really good and does a lot of the similar benefits and negatives to Pride of the Legion. The big difference is the negative, um, and I guess the, 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 the positive, sorry. So uh, the ability to not have to run another HQ is nice because I always struggle with what HQ to get when I run Pride of the Legion. The negative, though, in Primarch Chosen, I find is tough, because if you lose your Primarch, then your scoring units don't score anymore. Yeah. How often does that happen? Well, if you're winning, not that often, right? But if you're losing, there's definitely games where I may have lost Alpharius, where I have to sacrifice him to get... Uh -huh that objective right and i find that yes primax chosen would save me a few points from running it but i find with pride even though pride has that negative where you lose points if you lose uh um all your troops i think yeah your vets and terminators yeah yeah but um if you need to score see i find that if you're losing your vets and terminators and all your troop scoring units you've probably at that point lost but if you lost your Primarch, you may not have already lost because a lot of times you choose how your Primarch dies, right? And if I have a choice as Alpharius of how he dies, it's going to be to help me delay or win the game. So that's kind of one. Uh, the second one, I do still like the Chaplain. So if I have to choose something and it has to be uh, a character, I like the Chaplain because one, he's pretty cheap for what I get. Two, you're right, Alpharius does give preferred enemy, but... On the first round of combat, which when you run Terminators versus another elite unit, usually, right? Um, hitting, let's say their weapon skill five as well, hitting in fours, rerolling ones, there's a big difference between that and hitting on fours, rerolling fours with hatred, right? So I find that a lot of those combats are decided in the first round of combat. So you're right, it only lasts, lasts for that one round, but I find that after that one round is done the you combat's usually decided and if you think about it with like four terminators and a champion um and a chaplain like between them i've attacked before and even if hitting on fours not threes with three rolls and wounding on twos because they have power fist with three rolling ones because of preferred enemy like sometimes i'll get like 20 to 20 something wounds and we're not talking hits like wounds and that's a lot so it's very difficult no matter what squad you're fighting for it to survive that much damage, right? So yes, uh, Primax Chosen is an option. I prefer um, Pride because, because of that. Um, you, you mainly run that in, in your yeah. list, right? I, 
I do. I do. Yeah. 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 But yeah. I have thought strongly about Primark Chosen as well because it gives me that ability. Similar abilities. I just I just do like Pride better just because of that ability to score if I lose Alpharius in this case. Right. Well, what do you think about this? Sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, definitely like take it from me who's been on the receiving end of Alpharius and that Terminator squad with the Chaplain. Um, rerolling ones compared to like rerolling everything is super huge and i i think it's um saved armin in like some really big clutch fights that we've had with my wolves mm -hmm. and his alpha legion like all the rerolls just they're just consistently bringing it back and i i've preferred enemy infantry as well so i'm rerolling those ones but um the damage output that you are maximizing with having that chaplain is huge so it's definitely worth the uh worth the points like if if you're throwing it in your hammer squad Definitely yeah. the way to go. And just to mention too, Alpharius with the squad is still not a massive Death Star. There's way better ones out there. Majority of the other ones are better at what they do. Right? So don't get me wrong. I'm not one to run them in and hit up against Horus and just Terran or Rust with Terminators or, you know, definitely not. So that's kind of something that also everybody should remember is that that's not what I use them for. Yes, they're a very powerful unit. They can output a lot of damage. And if need be, they can stand up to a unit, uh, another Death Star. But that's not what they're there for. Just because, you know, Ferris is one of the weakest Primarchs in combat. So he doesn't add crap ton to a fight. Okay, so what do you think about the Arcus, Sekaran Arcus Strike Tank and how many you should have in a competitive Alpha Legion list? Uh, for example, is it a good idea to take three of them along with other range units? Okay, so I don't think this question is specific to Alpha Legion. And so we can talk about that, all three of us. Mm -hmm. I find that the Arcus is an amazing tank for what it does. Hands and it's down. almost an auto-include yes. in any army I build, any army I think about, unless it's very specialized, like... White Scars, and even White Scars, actually. Take um, it, yeah. Right? Maybe a drop on assault, <laughs> assault list, you don't run it. But So, one, I would say for sure in your Alpha Legion list, or any list you run, that also tells me that it's probably under-costed for what it does. Because if I want to always run it, it's probably too good for what it does. Right? Yeah. But, let's ignore that. Would I run three? Personally, no. Because I find that, one, there's other good heavy slots. Two, too much of a good thing ends up having huge diminishing returns. I've seen a lot of uh, um, players that run multiples of one thing, and you just like, one thing usually tends to do a lot, but two don't always do double for various reasons. One, the targets that you're firing at, a lot of times the unit that you're using, in this case the Arcus, has specific targets that it's really good against, a second tank probably won't do as well, right? Especially because you're not going to have them right next to one another, right? It's not like you're taking and doubling the amount of shots of one. They'll be on probably opposite side of the table, and you're not going to be positioned to do it as much. I also find that if you run three, for example, they're going to be a massive target, right? People will make a point of removing those. So you're going to find after the first turn, let's say you go first or you go second, you'll find that you'll lose two of those and you'll still only have one. So it almost feels like a point sick, right? And a lot of times I find that my Sakaran does survive the first couple of turns, even though I only run one, because one, you're better off at positioning it. And 
there's other things that the opponent will end up opting to shoot at as well. Yeah, not, not other if threats. I can help it. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's fair. It, it's fair, right? With that, like honestly, like usually when I see an Arcus on the table, it's it's one of the first things that I target to get rid of, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. Especially if like I'm looking at the army and it's like, okay, you went heavy on troops and transports, and you know you have a Spartan out there, you know, with a big mob inside of it that Arcus is going to hurt me because on my side especially with my ultramarines you know i have some heavy support laser vindicator tanks that do my work right hmm. and if i don't take that thing out it's going to pummel me and i'm going to lose you know three out of the uh, two out of the three vindies that i i use right so right but yeah and you can't run them in squadrons, right? No. So, so I find that to to answer the question, one for sure I would run. I don't Guaranteed. know if I would run three. I mean, you could try it. They're expensive in terms of money to to just play around with. So if you're yeah. testing it with a friend, maybe use a different tank just to kind of try it out. But in my experience, I have found that there is like a diminishing return of just replicating a really good unit over and over and over again, right? So, I, I don't think I would run that many. You could yeah. try two. I've seen guys run two, but a lot of times they'll move back down to, to one after a few games. So that's yeah. the thing too, like uh, taking up a heavy support um, slot, not being able to run in squadrons, um, especially if you're considering like two or three. There's other tanks that I think you'll want to incorporate in your list, um, mainly like looking at the Venatar, um, just because of what it yeah. of what it does, like support wise, and. Uh, yeah, I just, yeah. I think having one for sure, always. Um, I would always try and take it with the Interceptor, like Skyfire missiles. For sure. If you, have, if you have extra points at the end of your list and you want to take those Neutron Warheads against Mechanicum stuff, cool. I've never had it successfully kill, like, a Thanatar or anything myself. But you know what? When it happens, when it happens, that's mm -hmm. when you can cheer, right? And it's like, yeah, it was worth that 15, 20 points or whatever <laughs> they are, right? So mm -hmm. That's true. It's very true. Um, next question. Okay. For troops with either Pride of the Legion or Primarch Chosen beside Terminators, would you think it would be a good idea to run two five-man veterans with Combine Meltas, one squad in an Andalus, and one in a Termite to mitigate the disadvantage of the right of war? But once again, for a Savage Alpha Strike. Okay. So this is actually a really cool idea. I like it. I would love to try it out. Um, in my army, I run an Andalus with a seven-man squad so i'll tell you something i find that statistically speaking seven to eight meltas with tank hunter preferred enemy all that good stuff right i can almost kill anything any super heavy that you've got um as long as there's some smaller super heavies like a typhon that maybe if it's behind cover it might be a little harder but majority of them that alpha strike that squad with seven guys can almost wipe anything off the board in one turn minus a peripheron because of the shield and um you know it's it's really big and it has a four plus invulnerable if it chooses to right but almost anything five i find is not quite enough that said though running a termite as well allows you to bring both of them in at once it's a really cool idea i find that if i do use that squad to kill something they're usually dead so my only concern would be is if you're using both of them to come in first turn, some alpha strike, 
but they probably won't survive the next round, which means you're also losing two troop choices. Uh, the other thing too is how often does an enemy have or your opponent have two must kill things that you really need to get rid of, right? A lot of times I find that there's one, right? And if they're must kill, can five guys actually do it, right? So do the math on it with tank hunter. And if you take machine killer, right? They're very, very deadly. But if you do the math, I find that five isn't quite enough that you might need seven. Uh, two seven mans might become pretty expensive. But if you don't have terminators, it might be cool thing to have. That said, though, you probably won't have them live if they're like in the middle of the enemy, right? So it's a cool idea. I like it. Um, it's a little pricey with the termite and the andalus, but uh, I, I, I do like the idea. Maybe something I try. I have a termite for my mechanicum, so it would be cool to just throw five in each squad. Maybe seven, I bump them up. I have a bunch of combine melters that I just got, so um, try it out and see, uh, see. See, see what you can do. It's definitely a cool idea. I like it. Yeah. Thanks. Um, next, what do you think of the Leviathan drop Dreadnought for competitive Alpha Legion army? So I really like Leviathans for any army, but it depends what you use it for, right? So if you're going to be dropping it down first turn, which you probably will, and attacking something and threatening something, you have to remember that the most effective armies that can threaten something a lot of times threaten multiple points at once at the same time, right? So if you're running a drop pod list and you have like a Charybdis with a squad that comes down and a Leviathan and something else, then I find that the Leviathan is extremely effective because the opponent either has to shoot the Leviathan to kill it because it will take a lot of firepower or something else and then the Leviathan will be able to threaten, right? where if you're just dropping the Leviathan, I find that the opponent can be like, okay, kills it. Yeah, he doesn't kill anything else, but if it's not close enough to threaten him, a lot of times he doesn't care, right? So, I mean, I, I mean, you guys you guys tell me, right? Like, like you guys have ran it, or at least, I don't know, Andy hasn't, but Bill, you've run the Leviathan, have you not? Mm-hmm. Yep. And we played Many against times. him too, right? Yep. So, I, I definitely have found that, like, if you threaten him enough, the Leviathan does great, but if that's the only thing threatening, yeah, I don't think it's good. Yeah, right? it requires a lot of um, planning. Like, you definitely want to support it with something else. Um, like, saturate the threats in your list, especially if you're dropping down, which unless you have a gun line, I honestly think um, the Legion Dreadnought drop pod's the only way to run them. Um, just because mm-hmm. if he gets immobilized on your side, they only have a max range of 24 inches with most of their weapons. Some are 18. And uh, honestly, if it's if it's immobilized on your side of the board, the thing's useless all game. So mm-hmm. you may as well at least immobilize it on the opponent's table edge and see what it can do from there. But um, yeah, they're they are useful if you can combo up with a uh, with multiple drops. Like even like we previously were, you were talking about with uh, the termite, you might be able to support it with the termite as well. And yep. crack some armor and have a Leviathan there with whichever loadout you feel is best. Uh, I personally like the Snippy Claw and the Siege Drill with the mm-hmm. Phosphix Discharger. And I, I think yep. that's my go-to because you uh, can kind of take vehicles and Primarchs, multi-wound, 
models, but some guys really like that cyclonic melta lance. So I don't know how many times I've been messed over by Bill's uh, discharger on that Leviathan. So it's just, it's just so hit good. It's hard, <laughs> hits you hard, and then you're like. <laughs> But you know what? I've had games where I've had, like you said, Bill, like the Leviathan in the opponent's yard and he's walking him up the board and it's like, well, you know what? I'll take a couple shots at it. If I get it immobilized, it's done, right? Like it's it's not doing nothing. I don't have to worry about it anymore. But I've also had it where it's dropped in my face and usually Bill actually does this, but I've had some other games where it's dropped in my face and like it's a priority target because I know if it comes in and smashes into my my gun line or my tanks, my heavy support, where most of my powerful multi-shot guns are that, you know, people are are afraid of, I'm done, right? So it's one of those things where like it's a priority target. I need to take it out. Um, Sometimes... It's with the Primark. I go after him and just, you know, with with Gullman in his fist. Other times, it's I blast him with ordnance weapons and get through, and he's either immobilized or I ripped his arm off or something, right? So, and, scary and unit. Uh, and and definitely, I as I was talking, I was assuming that you're running him in a drop or in a drop pod dropping him with either one or two close combat weapons. That was my yeah. assumption as well. I mean, as a shooting platform, he's okay. It's tough, but yeah. I think he's overpriced for what he can do, right? So definitely, I think that if you're going like you're threatening up front, um, I would try really hard not to put him within a charge range of a Primark, any Primark. Um, yeah, even with the Snip Claw, you can do damage, but a lot of times you're not going to survive that. Uh, that yeah. combat. So yeah. if you can kind of protect him at least a little bit there, that would be that would be good. Stop stop the Primark from charging you, right? Yeah. But if you choose to charge him next turn, that's your choice, right? Make that make that decision yourself. But don't don't give him the opportunity to dictate the game. Uh, last question that we had, and then again, guys, if you have more afterwards, feel free message us. Put it on that tabletop gaming uh, yeah. uh, Facebook page. I'll I'll answer. I'll talk about this all you want yeah. <laughs> um or if you disagree like put it up there let me know uh regarding terminators it says are the larnian terminators worth it their points or should i just use regulars and then there was a second question also says also regarding their transport Cribdis or spartan okay so are larnian terminators worth it so point wise i think they're properly costed compared to regular terminators so that's a really important thing in my opinion i feel there's lots of Terminators, special unit Terminators that aren't properly costed, either less or more. And we'll talk about that when those armies come. But long unit Terminators, I feel, are. They get a weapon skill, so you're paying extra for weapon skill. Their Sergeant is a little bit better, and you're paying for the Volkite. How often do you use the Volkite? I could probably go without that. If I had the option to drop it and gain the points back, I would, most likely. But I like that it comes with it, because it's a really good weapon. Um, That said, the weapon skill, I think, is huge majority of the special units out there do have five weapon skill so them hitting you on fours is very important uh the other thing too is you hitting units on threes is is extremely important as well so i definitely like them um are they worth it again i like them i run them compared to regular terminators i don't think you're gonna go wrong if you run regular legion terminators as well 
right? You'll be able to get more of them. But uh, I do like them for the weapon skill. Stubborn doesn't come into play very often. The Volkites don't come into play very often. I do like that the Sergeant, the Heroer, gains an extra attack, which is kind of weird to say it's only one attack, but it makes a huge difference because on the charge, you give him a power dagger, he has a fist or a chain fist, he has five attacks on the charge. And that that's a lot of attacks. Yeah, he's doing her so hard. Right? Definitely. So, so I, I do like them and I run them, but I don't think you'll go wrong with just running Legion Terminators. Um, Charybdis or Spartan? Well, that's a very good question. So, if Age we had old this, argument. That's right. If we had talked about it six months ago, or a year ago, or whatever, it would have been Spartan for sure. And I still run the Spartan for now, um, but for a couple of reasons. Alpharius and the Terminators, as I mentioned earlier, are not really your best Death Star out there, right? They're not the most powerful unit out there. So if you're running in a Charybdis, you're trying to get to them immediately, right? And if you're putting yourself in a position where you're going up against uh, another Primarch with a unit that can beat you, you're kind of putting yourself at a disadvantage. Uh, I like the Spartan because there's, other than one unit out there in the game, which again, we can talk about, nothing can really kill it. When you face it properly to the front, uh, Peripheron can't really touch it, has to glance into death. If you're in cover, it's almost impossible. There's very few units out there that can actually kill a Spartan effectively, right? And to those units, there's usually counters to most of them, right? So I find that the Spartan survives majority of the game with my units safely inside. I use it as a counterattack. I am never, ever, ever going up against Horus with five or ten just Terran because that would be stupid. I would lose. But throughout the game, I make sure that that unit is hurt enough so when I do charge it, the, tur the, the combat doesn't last more than one turn and I win that combat, right? And a Spartan does allow me to do that. Now, the issues with a Spartan, uh, there's units now that can kill it. Um, the Lightning with Kraken Penetrators can do mass damage, AP1. Uh, make sure that you're hiding, okay? Make sure that you're in cover. Give it the front still. And um, I don't know, have some anti-air, right? Uh, unfortunately, uh, the Arcus doesn't do a great job because the Lightning has a Chaff Launcher, so it gives a, gets a 4 plus and vulnerable, so he doesn't have to jink. So if you don't actually kill it, which chances are you won't, or stun it, it will do some damage to your Spartan. Might not kill it, though. Right? Even with four missiles, if you're in cover from the front, still might not kill it. Um, the Custodes jet bikes, unfortunately, with their armor bane, and they are 18-inch range, and they can move far. Like They have a huge threat range, so if you're fighting Custodes, you're going to have a tough time. I mean, if you're fighting Custodes, you're going to have a tough time anyways, but if you're fighting one with lots of jet bikes, like that Spartan is probably not the right choice for you because they, will, they have an answer and a very easy yeah. answer, and an answer that seems to be run all the time lately. Um, anybody that I've seen play competitive Custodes has at least one to two squads of those jet bikes, right? Um, and, and they can deal with uh, anything, any armor, really. Uh, and the last one, and my least favorite, are the Hoplites with the Haywire weaponry. Yeah. Right? I, I run them, 
in my Mechanicum army, right? So I, I think they're way underpriced for what they do. And I find that, that they make armor extremely vulnerable and useless. So you're paying 400 points for the Spartan to try to protect you. And a hundred and something point unit is just going to drop down, no problem. And erase it with almost no issues. Like you could be in cover and doesn't matter on the side. And statistically speaking, they will kill it in one round, right? Because they have minus one to cover, right? right? So even if you have stealth and even if you're behind a ruin, you still only have four plus. They have 10 guys hitting on twos, you know, glancing on twos. And yeah, you have four plus. Like still statistically speaking, like you have five health, health points. So maybe you live, right? Yeah. With one health point. So that's that's also an issue with um, like uh, Haywire, like the rule itself, yep. right? Like yep. if it was I Haywire agree. five plus on so on a five, you glance six, you pen, it'd be a different mm -hmm. story. But because it's two up, um, it makes it like a devastating, devastating combo. Yeah. So, and I mean, this is something that we've talked about before, yeah. and I don't know if we want to bring out that can of worms, but I personally <laughs> believe that Haywire needs to be changed to a rule that it's like poison, yeah. right? Where you have a number or feel no pain, where you have a number beside the Haywire and it tells you on what you're glancing at, right? Yeah. So maybe the Hoplites don't have Haywire <clears throat> 2 plus. Like Bill said, maybe they have Haywire 5 plus. Right, and maybe the some of the bigger haywire weapons like the glaive has haywire two plus, right? Yeah. Because it doesn't make sense that a glaive has just as much damage as a single hoplite weapon from haywire. I get the haywire rule and fluff wise, and I'm going to get people hating on me for this, but I feel that in game terms, even though I use hoplites because they're so good, again they're one of those units that are so auto include that I've literally seen Marine players change their armies completely where they're running a character with some shitty tech thralls and hoplites termite, in yeah. termite trail. Yeah. It's almost, it's almost, a, to, it, it's it's almost a constant, ridiculous. right? It's a yeah. constant. Yeah. We see it all <laughs> the time. But... And what you're also finding is now because of the peripheron, a lot of guys answer is running the hoplites. So you're finding Marine players are starting to auto include those in their armies, which again, now we're talking like competitive lists, yeah. right? But it's very disheartening where, when you bring this cool list with a Spartan and it's fluffy and, you know, yeah, you, maybe you don't have a huge death star. Maybe you have a Primarch with, you know, a couple of Terminators or you have, you don't even have a Primarch, right? You have a bunch of Terminators, an elite unit bodyguard, and then a guy plays Mechanicum or not, right? And just comes down with hop like, boom dead and then his other weaponry just destroys your unit and you're like sitting there being like how's this fun for me right so i'm the one to talk because i run a very nasty mechanicum army <laughs> but but honestly like how often do you guys see me play that army not often Un unless i'm going to a tournament where it's relatively competitive or you know we're traveling far and i actually want to bring a really mean list i don't i i don't remember the last time i've played it Four, uh, you've, you, you've said you, yeah you've said you've had more you have more fun playing your alpha legion than the mechanic absolutely so. right so that said the hoplites i i think are something so to we digress a little bit but to that to that question a charybdis does have significant advantages over a spartan in that it cannot be alpha struck at least you're choosing where to put it that yeah. said once you put it down it can be destroyed right but 
I mean, that's the, that's basically what you have to decide is where you're putting it. And, and that's up to you to make that decision. Right. So, um, I don't think Charybdis is best for the Alpha Legion specifically, but if you're choosing it over the uh, Spartan, they definitely do both have advantages. So I haven't personally tried the Charybdis with my Alpha Legion. I do still like my Spartan, but I do find that if I'm playing a competitive game against Mechanicum or uh, Custodes, uh, it's definitely a massive uphill battle because a lot of times Alpharius doesn't get there because they get blasted out of the sky. Yeah. If you were if you were to take that crib, this though, what would you put in there? Would it be would it still be Alpharius and Well if I'm playing Alpha Legion, then yeah, right. absolutely. Yeah. Okay, if and... I was running, so if I was running Charybdis, I would probably change my army up to be more of a um I know I've kind of thought about this a little bit. I would want a more for like Alpha Strike cheaper army. So then I'd have to compare and see whether, like, drop pods are pretty cheap, right? So then maybe instead of uh, um, instead of running Private Legion, maybe I run Orbital Assault, right? And then drop with Alpharius with the Terminators, and then a bunch of veterans and tactical marines, uh, tactical marines to follow up and grab those objectives, and the veterans, uh, and then support squads as the first wave to come down and just do mass amounts of damage and then Alpharius with the Charybdis to be able to do that. So I've kind of thought about that army. I mean, I don't know how fun I want, how much fun it would be to paint that many drop pods, right? But I mean, people have done it and um, I, I, I would like that. I, I would like to see that list because I think it would do, it would do well, especially with the Alpha Legion being able to pick, you know, Tank Hunter and preferred enemy i think they would do that list would do quite well against majority of armies out there like the first strike with all drop pods yep yeah yeah they do quite well with their rules right yeah yeah they do they do but definitely if, if you're running the crib this i think you kind of need a few things to threaten the opponent immediately if you're yeah. dropping down right so but, but leviathan yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Well, well, you could. I mean, if you think about it, you could run the Charybdis, uh, Leviathan, and uh, an Andalus, and then you could run a Termite Drill. So the Termite Drill and Charybdis and the Leviathan maybe come in at the same time, and then the Andalus follows the next uh, the next yeah. turn. So you do have three units to threaten with, right? And then in the Andalus, you could put, again, another Veteran Squad to follow up with something, or maybe a Support Squad with Plasmas, right? Because mm -hmm. think about it. Support squad with plasmas with preferred enemy and tank hunter, like that's actually a really good unit that can it's kind of can do anything and within twelve inches like double firing like they can do mass amounts of damage. Oh, it's a gross unit. It's definitely yeah, a gross unit. Yeah. So if you're kind of using it as a secondary like a beta strike wave, seeing where his big unit comes in, especially after your alpha strike, it's yeah. it's quite interesting. Yeah. 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 Awesome. And then you don't have to run Orbital Assault in that case, right? You can run, you know, uh, Predator Legion, let's say, or, or Primax Chosen or, or whatever. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. So I think I think that's all the questions that we had. Yeah. Um, I mean, if you have more, please uh, please put it up on Facebook for us, and I'll, uh, I'll answer them where these guys go. Right? Definitely. And, and then definitely if you have questions about the Raven Guard that we talked about, Please put them up, and then we'll answer yep. those questions next uh, next week as well. So yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. Also, before we take off, just a big shout out to our sponsors, 
Tony at Hammerhead Games. Um, as you can see on some of our battle reports and even on the page, you can check out uh, where we have our objective markers, our measuring templates, the trays, and then also uh, Matt with Pop Goes the Monkey uh, via that Shapeway store with all the different upgrade bits and um, conversion pieces and stuff that you can order off the store. Some really cool items. So uh, thanks to those guys. And if you're interested in supporting the channel with some swag, you can check out our Gear Bubble store. All the links are in the description as well, everyone. Um, yeah, but you can get anything from t-shirt, hoodies, tumblers, you name it. We've pretty much got it on there. So check it out. And uh, thank yep. you very much for listening in. Cheers, guys. Catch Thanks, you. guys.